Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. there ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of this week in history with me your host dan the viking this week we are going to be talking about uh something that me and dad have discussed but not actually ever covered um it's something that i find very very interesting and it's one of my favorite parts of british history now it is a bit of a sad story, um, and it's one that I don't think many people know much about, um, and it is to do with the first ever Queen of England, okay? Now, Britain or England has had uh, a few queens, not very many. Um, you can go back to um, Mary the First was officially the first Queen of England, um, but... There was one just before her. And some of you may be a little bit ahead of me or, or know a little bit about this story. Um, and it is the story of Lady Jane Grey. Now, she was known as the Nine Day Queen. But who was she? Why did she come to the throne? And why was she only queen for nine days? Well, this is the story of possibly one of the most famous yet forgotten queens of England. On the 13th of November 1553, the 17-year-old Lady Jane Grey became the youngest royal woman to be condemned for treason in British history. Her trial, staged at Guildhall in the heart of the City of London, was a very public humiliation, and for Jane, the outcome was catastrophic. Why did it come to this? A mere four months earlier, some of the most powerful men in England had conveyed Jane, the great niece of Henry VIII, um, to the Tower of London. So they brought her to the Tower of London, where they proclaimed her as Queen. Now, she was not, she didn't really know what was going on at this point. The problem you had in England at this time was Edward VI, Henry's son, was king of England. He had no succession, which meant the line of succession goes to his next oldest sibling. Okay, now that was Mary I. Mary was, as I'm sure many of you are aware, a staunch Catholic. Now, Henry VIII had fought to get Catholicism out of England, and Edward VI carried this on. What they didn't want 
was Mary to come in as queen and destroy the Protestant idea that was uh, put in by her father. So, the seeds of Jane's spectacular fall from grace were sown earlier in 1553 by one of Edward VI's last acts as king. Edward was committed was a committed Protestant, and when he succeeded his father in 1547, he took it upon himself to impose religious reforms upon his people. But championing Protestant in his lifetime wasn't enough for Edward. He wanted the work to continue after his death, which meant that his elder sister, or elder half-sister, the Catholic Mary, would not be able to succeed to the throne. His solution was to author a famous document uh, which was called My Device for the Succession, in which he excluded both Mary and Elizabeth on the grounds of their illegitimacy, um, which is what his father had done before, which is why Mary and Elizabeth didn't become um, queen, even though they were older than Edward. Lady Jane Grey, a fellow Protestant who sat third in line to the throne, uh, suddenly found herself anointed to Edward's heir and Queen of England. What made Edward's device all the more significant and controversial was the fact that it had been partly orchestrated by the king's chief advisor, John Dudley, the Duke of Northumberland. Now, Northumberland was an ambitious man and he was desperate to retain his grip on power, and this was something that would definitely disappear if Mary succeeded to the throne. With Northumberland being Protestant, Mary being Catholic, you were looking for quite a lot of upheaval that would have happened in England, um, and they were trying their best to avoid it. And as we know with even modern day politics, people in power don't like to give up their power. So if you can find a way to keep your power, this is what you're going to do. And this is what they decided. And they believed that there would be a lot of people that would back this because Britain had gone, or England, sorry, had gone through this reform. Um, They believed that the people would have rallied behind Lady Jane Grey. Now, there were obviously a few allegiances and Edward's uh, Northumberland was obviously Edward and Northumberland was a priceless opportunity um, and a very, very good allegiance for the two of them. And in May 1553, um, he persuaded Jane's naive father, the Duke of Suffolk, to allow Jane to be married to Northumberland's fourth son. Now, the alliance was an attempt to cement bonds um, for an allegiance that was going to lay in a future time. Chiefly, Jane's succession for the throne now meant that Northumberland would have a son on the throne, um, or a son in the royal court at least, and meaning that Northumberland's support would be unquestionable. And really sort of brought together two big families, you know, the Suffolks and the Northumberlands, it brought them together in an allegiance to the the, the new queen, so to speak, that they were planning on. Um, but when on the 6th of July, 1553, Edward VI died, now we're not sure what he died from, but if you remember a previous episode that I did, and um, we spoke about all the kings and queens and how they died, 
they think he died of tuberculosis, but again, you can't really say much about 16th century diseases. We don't know. But that's the, the consensus. Now, Northumberland's scheme appeared to be falling perfectly into place after Edward's death. Even as Jane um, proceeded to the Tower of London to be formally proclaimed Queen, four days after the King's death, Northumberland's plan was beginning to unravel. The people of London, who were overwhelmingly sympathetic to Mary's claim to the throne, greeted Jane with disdain, hostility, they really didn't want her um, and it was not something that the people had expected they were expecting people to rally behind her because she was protestant problem is she wasn't the daughter of mary and she wasn't the right uh, sorry the daughter of henry the eighth and she wasn't the right person for the throne it didn't fit the line of succession almost religion almost went out the window because it wasn't the most important thing it was tradition protocol you know it was fine that edward took the throne over mary there was a little bit of disdain in the country um, about that but majority of people sort of rallied behind he was a male heir he was you know the the better claim to the throne in those days um but lady jane gray she was not the right person for the throne and the british people knew that keep saying British, this is pre-Stuart, the English people knew that, she was not Queen of Scotland. Now, Jane had no idea what she was walking into, Um, no one present showed any sign of joy, you know, they weren't happy, no one, nobody there, they were pretty much against her, or at least not overwhelmingly supporting her. Um, worse still, Northumberland had Northumberland Northumberland had fatally misjudged Mary's popularity throughout the country. Um, as each day passed, the clamour for Henry VIII's eldest daughter to be given the crown grew louder. Um, soon, it gathered an unstoppable no- momentum, and on the nineteenth of July, just nine days after she had been queen. Jane was overthrown in Mary's favour. Now, Mary gathered an army. She came to London. She was ready for the fight. Jane didn't want the crown, never wanted to be queen, didn't understand why she was queen. This is a 17-year-old girl. She did not understand why she was queen. She knew she wasn't the rightful heir to the throne, And as soon as Mary turned up, she laid down any arms, she walked out, she surrendered, she declared her loyalty to Queen Mary. That's what she did. She did everything. She wasn't, she didn't want to be queen. She was told to be queen. It was proclaimed that she was queen. She never, under any circumstances, wanted to become Queen of England. And with her short reign at an end, Jane and her husband were to remain in the Tower of London, prisoners in the same building that had so briefly been their palace. As the country erupted into joy and the succession of Mary I, a few spared any thought for Jane's predicament. In fact, many would have thought that her 
you know, her fate was a foregone conclusion. Um, after all, she had unwillingly accepted the crown, but it was in defiance of Mary. And because she took the crown, it's high treason. And high treason, and I believe, if I am correct, to this day suffers a death penalty in England. It is the only crime now that we um, have the death penalty for. I'm someone's going to correct me on this because I don't know if there's other laws that sort of counteract it, but I believe high treason is still the only one where they would even consider the death penalty. Um, probably a public hanging or hang drawn and uh, quartered or something like that. But yeah, I mean we're we're brutal in this country, but I think. Someone correct me um, if I'm wrong, but I'm sure that is the only crime. Or yeah. Anyway, um, Mary was eager to begin her reign um, by demonstrating clemency, and by the middle of August, she had um, imitated to those at court that she could not be induced to consent um, that Jane should die. Um, Basically, not only was Jane her cousin, Mary was um, actually cautious of Jane's youth um, and the fact that she had been manipulated. She seemed to almost spare her life. You know, there was um, no such mercy for the Duke of Northumberland. His head was cut off on the 22nd of August. Um, And people, you know, she almost forgave Jane. Um, the next few months passed uh, uneventful for Jane. She was still locked in the tower, uh, but she wasn't forgotten. Um, as the autumn drew in, um, and under immense pressure from her supporters um, to punish those who had been involved in this coup, um, Mary Gray agreed that Jane and her husband should stand trial. Um Mary agreed that Jane and her husband should stand trial. Now, some form of justice had to be done. They couldn't allow it to just be swept under the radar. Um, Mary, In Mary's eyes, the trial was a formality and one that would help to pacify those who urged her to take action against her cousin. Um, as the Queen... It was Mary's prerogative to administer mercy where she deemed fit. Um, On the morning of the 13th of November, Jane and Guildford Northumberland um, were conducted on foot from the Tower um, to Guildhall in London. Um, As they passed through the streets with the axe in front of them, um, according to standard procedure, people gathered to watch. Jane was absorbed in a prayer book um, that was open in her hands, and on arrival at Guildhall, the prisoners were escorted to the Great Hall, where the trial was staged in a room full of spectators. A whole host of Mary's supporters had been appointed to oversee the proceedings, headed by the Duke of Norfolk. Now the Queen commanded those who sat in judgment to apply yourself diligently to the task to ensure that justice will be prevailed. The charges against Jane were read out and the evidence was laid out before the court. Jane had falsely and treacherously accepted the crown of England 
acknowledging herself as Jane the Queen, and thereby depriving Mary of her royal status, title, order, and power of her kingdom of England. In doing so, she committed high treason. All eyes were upon Jane as those in the court waited to hear how she would plead to the charges. Her answer came through soon enough. Guilty. This one word placed Jane at the mercy of the Queen. So had she have claimed not guilty, then they would have... Well, realistically, she couldn't claim not guilty because she did accept the crown. She did accept Queen of England. She may not have wanted it, but she did accept it. By claiming she was guilty, it left her fate into Mary's hands. If she'd have said not guilty, the evidence would have gone against her. She would have been executed. The word guilty meant that it was Mary's decision. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org as to what would happen and as such the court's verdict was a foregone conclusion Jane and her husband were found guilty of treason and condemned to die for Jane the sentence was that on the order of the queen herself she should be burned or the head cut off as it will then please the queen So Mary basically said, burn her or cut her head off. These are the only two options. These will make me happy. Um, Following the condemnation, Jane and Guildford were returned to the tower to await Queen Mary's decision as to their fate. What one is it going to be? Are they going to burn her or are they going to cut her head off? Um, Despite the enormity of the sentence that had been passed, Mary remained true to her initial desire to show mercy and it was commonly believed even after the guilty verdict that Jane would not die. Mary would change her mind and she would become a prisoner for life in the Tower of London. As it became evident that the sentence passed against her um, would not be carried out. So the, the longer it went on, the more... Jane believed she was going to survive. The people believed Jane was going to survive because they wanted to think of Mary as a, um, you know, as a sensible queen. You know, you've got to remember she knew this girl was seventeen years old. She was well aware of the fact that, uh, in fact, she was sixteen at this time. But she was well aware of the fact that um, Jane, Lady Jane Grey, had no desire for the throne. She was sort of coerced into it um, and as Christmas approached Mary relaxed the conditions of Jane's confinement um, so she even said to her you don't have to stay locked up in the tower you can exercise around the tower grounds 
um, and there seemed to be every reason to hope that not only would the Queen spare Jane, but she may eventually set her free. Um, However, the ambitious men around Mary um, were to put Jane in terrible danger once again. By the early 1554, Mary had signalled her desire to marry Philip, the future king of Spain. Many of her subjects um, opposed the union, um, primarily because they feared that Philip would try to basically drag England into a Spanish war. Um, And this was because the Spanish king was a Catholic. Um, Mary, however didn't care she wanted to marry uh, Philip and she made plans for the wedding Uh, it seems however that Mary underestimated the level of the opposition to this union um, and unbeknown to the Queen and tragically also to Jane there were those amongst her subjects who were preparing to take a stand against the marriage so the Queen's come up with this idea And the people really didn't want it. In fact, they were ready to go to war because they didn't want the Spanish involved in England. In the heart of the Kent countryside, a gentleman named Sir Thomas Wyatt and several of his friends were planning a rebellion that not only uh, aimed to protest the Spanish marriage, but also to overthrow Mary and replace her with her half-sister, Elizabeth. Worse still... The rebels had recruited close supporters that were connected to Jane and Jane's father. And this is where it gets a little bit dicey. Because now, when Mary becomes aware of this, she's she almost forces her hand. Because Jane, although not involved while she's alive, is still a threat to the throne. Um, We can't be sure why Jane's father chose to throw his weight behind the Wyatt Rebellion, um, but one thing is certain. Um, In doing so, the Duke of Suffolk placed Jane's life in danger, uh, mortal danger. Um, The rebellion was fatally compromised um, almost before it even began, The rebels had been careless planners and in January 1554 their plot was discovered. Um, The Duke of Suffolk was uh, forced to flee to the Midlands in order to evade capture and rally support for the uprising. He failed dismally and was captured on the uh, 2nd of February in Warwickshire and dispatched to the Tower of London as a prisoner. Thomas Wyatt would soon join him. Um, Londoners just came out in complete support to Queen Mary um, and it shattered any attempts to take the capital and on the 7th of February um, that's when Thomas Wyatt was also captured now Jane knew nothing of this rebellion but now as she was in the Tower of London she may have been painfully conscious that her life depends on its outcome its failure sealed her fate Um, Even after all that happened, Mary had considered to have her reprieved, um, though the insistence of her advisers left her with no choice 
but to order Jane's execution. Like I said, while Jane was alive, there were people to rally behind her. The decision was made as late as the 7th of February, but it was probably in the evening that Jane was told to prepare for her death. Uh, She had already been condemned and the formalities had been settled. Jane prepared for the end with courage um, and began writing her final farewells to her family. Mary decided that Jane could not live. She was concerned that her cousin's spiritual welfare, and so on the 8th of February, she, the Queen talked to the chaplain, Dr. John Freckman, um, who converted Jane to Catholicism. Right, The day after she was told she's going to die, she converted to Catholicism. Again, I think this is a a way of... Um, I would say it's a way of sort of buy, either buying her time or trying to regain a bit of favour. Because at this point, Mary's queen. Mary can still stop this execution. Um, it actually managed to delay Jane's execution by three days so he could complete the assignment of converting her to Catholicism. Um, several contemporaries later referred to the chaplain's encounter with Jane um, as the martyrologist. So uh, a man named John Fox tells that uh, he, having failed to break Jane's resolve and realising that he was getting nowhere, uh, Feckenham took his leave saying that he was sorry for her. Um, I am sure that uh, we two shall never meet, he said. And on the 12th of February, Lady Jane Grey uh, mounted the scaffold that had been specially prepared within the precincts of the tower um, shortly before she had actually watched her husband's lifeless corpse um, as it was returned to the, the tower on cart following his execution at Tower Hill. So as she was ready for her execution, she had to see her husband's headless body be wheeled back into the Tower of London. Um, She was unmoved by the gruesome spectacle. Um, She actually faced her death with quite a lot of courage. Um, She made a short speech urging those who were present to pray for her, um, and having been blindfolded, she knelt down to the straw. Now, as she knelt down, she lost all composure. She panicked, she was blindfolded, she could not find the block, um, and she cried out, what shall I do, where is it, where is it? She couldn't find the block without removing the mar- uh, without removing the blindfold um and she you know she she sort of had a a bit of a meltdown and you, you can understand why you know this was her last act um and that sort of quote of what shall i do where is it is one of the most famous quotes in english history um she just she lost all composure um she was actually guided to the block by um someone in the crowd who helped her, um, you know, position herself. Um, And a few moments later, the axe fell and her head was removed with a single stroke. 
Um, Jane's death made her a martyr, um, not just to Protestants in England, but all across the country uh, and the continent as well. Um, elsewhere in the realm, um, it, her end went almost unnoticed. So outside of England, you know, it, no one really noticed. It was not until centuries later that Jane became remembered as one of history's most tragic victims. Um, and it is quite important to know that Mary did not wish for Jane's execution and she did do everything in her power to prevent it. Um, the moment the nine-day queen was deposed in July 1553, death cast a long shadow over her. Her father's actions in the Wyatt Rebellion sealed her fate. And unfortunately for Lady Jane Grey, she she paid the ultimate price. And it's very important to remember that you know, like I said, we don't really talk about Lady Jane Grey in this country. She's she's almost the forgotten queen. And I believe the reason we don't class her as, as queen was because she was never officially crowned. So it was just the, you know, she walked into the tower and people said, you know, all hail the queen. But she was never officially crowned queen of England. She never got the crown on her head. Um, and she never wanted it, and it, it's very, it's, it's almost a heartbreaking story when you think she didn't want to be in the position she was in, and Mary didn't want to execute her cousin because she understood that it wasn't her fault. She understood the situation, but when her father um, started the Wyatt Rebellion. Like I said, while she was alive, she was always going to be a threat to Mary's throne. And when you're in power, you want to keep power. Mary's only option at that point was to end the life of a 17-year-old girl who had seemingly done nothing but listen to people older and more powerful than her, which sealed her fate. So there we go. That's the story of Lady Jane Grey, the Nine Day Queen. And it's, like I said, it's a story that a lot of people may have heard of her. I'm pretty sure she's she's well known now. It's, it's quite well spoken about. But how many people know the full story? So let me know what you thought of that episode. I mean, Tudor England, Stuart England, they're my absolute favourite parts of history. So this is something I've wanted to do for a long time. And... I know it's something Dad wanted to cover, so I've beaten him to it. So, uh, unfortunately, Dad, this is one you can't do, unless you want to have a Lady Jane Grey off, but I, I don't think there's much more you can add into that story. Um, but then you have proved me wrong before. So, let me know Let let me know what you think. Let me know if you enjoyed this episode. Um, and, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. For everyone who is joining us uh, in 2024. I want to say again, Happy New Year. Thank you for joining us again. Um, and I do hope that you stay with us this year. You know, we are, like I said, we have got quite a lot planned. Um, I did mention this in the last episode. Um, if you have listened to the last episode and you did feel a little bit offended or you didn't particularly like the episode, this episode that you've just listened to, this is what majority of our episodes are like. That one is just a 
overview and I like to give my opinion once a year to you guys so if you don't like it don't listen to it again um but yeah thank you guys for listening and if you want to support the show it's massive uh for people that do i really really appreciate it more than you could ever imagine um we do have a patreon page which is this week in history on patreon you can join that i think it's five dollars a month um i know there are some people um that have done in the past uh, that have joined for like one dollar or two dollars um you can do that but just so you know patreon take the first three or four dollars um so if you do a five dollar tier i see as the podcast will probably see about two dollars of that um if you join with sort of like a one dollar or a two dollar sort of tier um i think i see about five cents something like that um so yeah we sort of i i tend to say five dollars is the minimum you can do it but like i said you're not really supporting the show you're just getting something for a cheaper price it doesn't really support us that much um but there are other ways of supporting us you don't have to pay Um, my biggest way of supporting this show the most important way of doing it is to get onto your app that you use right now if you're listening do it right now and leave a review whether it's a um, a good review, I, I obviously prefer a good review to a bad review. If you do want to leave a bad review, um, or you do think there are certain things that you want to say before you leave a review, contact me separately. You can go, you can do that on Facebook. You can do it through email, which is twihpod at gmail dot com. Contact me separately um, because I can't respond to comments on the reviews. So if you leave a review and it's slightly negative, I can't respond to that, whereas I can respond to messages. So um, obviously I'd prefer that. If you do feel like you want to insult me or whatever, then you know I can't stop you, but I'd, I'd pr- appreciate a message before you did. Um, but yeah, like I said, guys, thank you for listening and hopefully we shall see you in the near future. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.